everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 137. This is Irvin. Today, we're joined by three guests, uh, two people that I actually just met for the first time today, and uh, and one that I've known for quite a few years now. Uh, I want to introduce Melissa Leyland, Stephanie Takamaru, and Mianalyn Peter. Thank you for joining us today. How thank are you, you all? Thank you for, for having us. It's thank early. You. It's a Happy pleasure to be here. Thursday, yeah. yes. But I know that y'all have been waking up early uh, oh. this whole week, right? This whole week, I saw that there were y'all were on the news like at what, like four in the morning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's an exciting time. Um, you all have your event coming up this month on July thirtieth. Stroll the atolls. Can you talk a little bit about what the event is, what you all are celebrating, and uh, and maybe more information for the folks that don't know about this event? Yeah, so I guess I'll kick off. <laughs> um, so actually, Stroll the Atolls is a two-day event. Uh, the first part is going to take place on July the 27th at Crystal Bridges. Okay. Uh, we're calling that particular part uh, Bridging Waves um, Expo. And it is really designed to offer learners and those, you know, Northwest Arkansas community in, in, in general just to come in and uh, get engaged in uh, cultural activities that we're, we're planning to, um, to host that day and also learn more about our culture and our history. Um, uh, for example, we have um, one particular activity that we're really, really excited about doing is the making of the Marshallese candy called Amedama. Mm. Uh, Amedama really uh, is actually one of... Uh, it's Stephanie's family. It's their recipe. Uh, she's with oh. us today, yay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it was actually, uh, and I'll, she'll talk more about that, I hope, but it really came out of, um, you know, a, a survival mode uh, when the Japanese came over to the islands and took over the islands. Um, mm. That was one way for them to, to survive, uh, to eat. Uh, she'll, I hope she gets to talk I'll more talk about that. That's story. really, really <laughs> excited. Yeah. But then on the 30th, um, we really just kind of presented, uh, we wanted to have a, a time where people can uh, be emerged in like things like um, food, you know, le- learn about our food, taste our food. Uh, and while you're doing that, just enjoy so we have like music, uh, we have performances, dancers, uh, and I th- we're gonna close it off with uh, fire dancing. Yay! Hey. Uh, we have people that are going to do fire dancing and then uh, going into the fashion show. So um, it's very exciting mm. time for us. Uh, the great thing about this year's Stroll the Atoll is not just. Um, Marshallese culture that we're highlighting is yes. the entire Pacific um, island nation. So, like, okay. um, mm-hmm. we have Samoan dances, we have uh, Kiribati's, uh, we have Tuvalu, uh, Tuvalu uh, hula dancers. So it's, it's very diverse this year, mm. and we really just want to to connect to people through the diversity of uh, the PIs, the Pacific Islanders cultures. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off what Melissa said. Um, So we came up with Bridging Waves at our expo at Crystal Bridges, and the whole idea behind Bridging Waves is you have the Pacific Ocean meeting the Atlantic Ocean, and we're clashing together, and we are now navigating the two two different lifestyles that 
we had from back home now we have to immerse into the um, American culture. And not only that, but we want, we want to immerse ourselves in the other cultures as well. Like now that we have um, the other PIs joining us, so that, that's where the name Bridging Waves came from. So it's very exciting. And uh, this is the, what, what year is this that you have been celebrating third. now? This is the third The third year? year? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel like every year it gets bigger, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so we have a thing where she says it's going to be smaller next year. We're like, okay, <laughs> sure, it's going to be smaller next it's, year. It's her way of bracing us before <laughs> next year starts again. <laughs> well, you know, I think the bottom line is that is is the passion of, of is the love that we have yes. for the community. Not just Springdale, but also like, just Marshallese, Arkansas, yeah. you know, and, you know, bridging that gap. I know a lot of people, and we actually designed Strolly Atolls because a lot of people were calling us. A lot of people were talking about, we want to know who you are. They were actually calling our office. Uh, so we started something very small with, like, uh, a Marshallese cultural uh, training course that you have to go through if you are interested, um, and then got you know, we were like, hmm, you know, hey, let's let's put a like a twist on it and make things more fun. Mm. And that's how Stroll the Atolls uh, became. Um, it was funny because um, the name Stroll the Atolls came from a very um, interesting <laughs> meeting with our president, Sandy Airline, uh, who is um, she's a non-Marshallese lady who's been with us since day one. She uh she was a nurse uh, at the uh, Arkansas Department of Health and has seen a lot of Marshallese folks and has a very, very close relationship with the community. And she came in and she was like, I'm just going to stroll in. I go, stop. That's it. <laughs> stroll the atolls. Mm. And it just rhymes. So, yeah, it's, it's funny how you just come up with things <laughs> from basic stuff. Yeah. Is this, is this event um, fully organized by ACOM? Fully organized by ACOM, and that's the beauty of it. I think we've been actually uh, been wanting to, you know, do work, but ensure that the work that we're offering the community is healthy, where it's, uh, we have the voice and we have the, mm-hmm. the power uh, to, you know, tell our own stories. And I think that's the, the beauty of it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because the older I got, um, I was I lived with Americans when I grew up. So mm. the older I got, the more I wanted to be with my culture and my people. So finally, it was January 1st, 2017. I moved here, and I've never regretted it. And there was something about me. I was like, I want to help my people. I feel like we're, we're still not being seen. Mm. And then she hired me, and I was like, yeah, I'll work for <laughs> you. So I came, and then she jumped me into this project, and I was like, sure. I didn't know it was going to be part of this project, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been the best learning experience for me because I did lose a little bit of my culture, but it's slowly coming back, and I'm re- relearning everything, and I'm like, okay, there's a reason why I love being Marshallese. So last year, Melissa brought me on board to help organize Stroll. I think it was a month away from Stroll happening, so I had so much going on, but um, I was working a full-time job, but this was my passion behind mm-hmm. the scene. And I hope Melissa can testify to this because after a year now that I'm looking, I think I've 
because I really do have a thick Marshallese accent and wasn't really immersed in our culture because I was in her situation. I was raised by American uh, family, and so I've been here in the States for as long as I can remember. So coming back, um, I can. I hope Melissa sees a difference in how much I, I, ACOM and just you know being immersed with the community has changed me for mm-hmm. the better. Can we talk a little bit about that, about how um, – so you both were raised by American folks? Mm-hmm. Yes. And where were y'all living at? I was in Georgia. Um, my African-American family were the one that adopted me. So I grew up with them. So I'm more used to the African-American culture. So oh, they're very, you know, like that. So when I came back here and I saw a lot of Marshallese, they're very shy. I don't mm-hmm. want to say shy, but... Sometimes they'll just avoid conflict, but sometimes you need to face that conflict to get what you need. So mm. I'm glad that they raised me because that taught me to to project that into my work. So here in ACOM, especially with like, I'm, I'm a case manager at ACOM. So like a lot of times managers are not willing to help and everything. And I'll go straight to their office and be like, hey, yeah. I will give you <laughs> this payment. You need to sign this. I'm not leaving until it's signed. Yes, I've even called corporate. Oh. And then they'll be like, hey, what, what's going on? And then from there, it's just, I want to help them be like, look, don't be afraid to get what you need to get. Mm. So that's my main thing. It's like, it's okay. okay. And I can see like the difference in us uh, versus a person that's lived and grown up in the martial arts, moved here in their 20s and having to learn the legal system, the uh, the school system. I mean, all the different systems. That would be hard to navigate if you don't speak the language. But I think you and I have the upper hand because both in, her and I are bilingual. So we can adapt into the most, like we can switch easily. Yeah. Um, switch out, uh, and there's ways of like walking in front of elders so we can, her and I can automatically switch back into the Marshallese traditions and then switch back into the actual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. American um, way. What are some of the things that you've seen uh, since moving to Arkansas that the Marshallese community does that maybe you weren't accustomed to doing when you were living somewhere else? Time. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a thing called Camims. Our first birthday is a very huge event for Marshallese culture. So me, I'm a very punctual person. If you tell me yeah. 7 o'clock, I'll be there 7 <laughs> o'clock. So these Camims, they'll start at 9 o'clock. I'm like, why did I come at 7 o'clock? You wasted two hours of my life. Yeah. I'm in the parking lot like sweating. If our families tell me there's a Camim at Five tonight. I'll see you guys at seven. Uh, <laughs> Don't go on. I think Melissa told me about island time. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think we have to look back. Like you know, um, our our ancestors never. It, our economy, our society is very different from mm-hmm. the American way, right? Yes. Uh, so. Our ancestors never really had to get up and go right. to a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were never under pressure uh, to to be somewhere right. at a certain time. So I think um, you know, and and that's the beauty of it is like you bring in what Marshallese folks do here in Northwest Arkansas is they bring in something very different. Yes. Yeah. You know, I always talk about um, our wealth is not defined by how much money you have. Uh, Marshallese wealth is defined by how many followers, how many supports you get uh, mm-hmm. from how many people will stand behind you. Yeah. That's what we call wealth. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very different, but it's also a very unique perspective that you, we bring in to this vibrant community. Mm-hmm. And I think after, you know, usually when, when I do my presentation and after that, people, I'm just, they're like, texting me and emailing me about how much they learn and they appreciate that. And they, you know, sometimes they go, 
we wish the American way was that way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a very, uh, you know, uh, we love and our I'm family. What, yeah, I'm what we call hybrid. Like I can do both. I'm yes, and I'm hybrid, comfortable yes. with being an American. I have a, a dual citizenship. And I'm very comfortable with being a, a Marshallese. So mm-hmm. either way. She's the one so, that reels me and Mimi back. She's like, yeah. girls, really back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, um, you know, uh, I think I can certainly tell the difference. Um, and I can, I can be comfortable living in both uh, cultures. So, yeah, it has, you know, it's, it's been, it does have its challenges um, to be an American Marshallese. Mm-hmm. But also I use that. I use those challenges and turn it into positive. Right. Um, yeah, and, and try to apply that to, you know, my work that I do. And I think you also have a very interesting perspective, Melissa, because you're also a veteran, a U.S. veteran as well. Which a lot of people might not know about you. I, I um, yeah, I, I, I served in the military for over ten years, and uh, I loved it. I loved it, and uh, also at the same time, it did brought me. Um, you know, I think I'm the leader that I am now, uh, navigating the system. Know how to navigate the system because of that. But also, when I was in the service, um, actually, I wanted to bring this up, where. Um, um, Moving to Arkansas, when I moved to Arkansas, I had never, never, uh, I didn't know about the nuclear legacy that was taking place on our, on our lands, on our islands. There's a reason why, because we, when we went to uh, school, it was never taught. Uh-uh. It was very silent, you know. Um, the only thing that I remember that potentially connected to the nuclear legacy was like um, the Pekinian or the Rongalabis were like getting their uh, their allowance, and that that that's the money and also the USDA food. Mm-hmm. It was never we were never thought that it was one of the um, one of the bombs that was um, detonated on our islands. Um, it has uh, it was uh, one thousand times strength of what was dropped on Hiroshima. So mm-hmm. you know if you have to simplify that and compare that to like everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one Hiroshima bomb dropped on the islands uh, every day for 12 years. And a lot of people listening right now probably know nothing about that. So I think it's, it's good to even, even though we've touched on it before, it's mm-hmm. important to touch on it because there's still radiation and things affecting the island today, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, what, that did to us, it does have a multi-generational um, effect. Um, a lot of, you know, beyond uh, displacement, I mean, the permanent damages damage. that it, um, you know, really just embark on folks. Uh, for example, uh, a lot of our people have cancers um, yeah. just for no reason. <laughs> so, and uh, Marshall Islands at one point was one of the thing at one point was the second highest uh, nation that had uh, cancer cases, so you know, and uh, we're very, very prone to uh, chronic illnesses, mm-hmm. uh, including diabetes, you know, all that stuff. So, I think uh, a lot of people really don't know like that's a lot of other complications and things that we're still having to deal with and live with, even years after yeah. uh, what took place. What um, there's a lot of like miscommunication in regards to this issue and I kind of wanted to clarify where is the Marshallese community in regards to health insurance right now I know that uh, kids got 
access to uh, healthcare, right, a few years back, mm -hmm. but the adults are still not getting the access that they need, correct? Correct. Yes, yeah. correct. So um, I, Michelle, our uh, policy director, helped push um, with our, our state-level government to help approve our um, adult Medicaid. Um, but what's still with that, you know, Medicaid is limited when you have adults that are facing cancer. You know, they, they, mm. you're only covered for eight tra treatments. That's not enough, yeah. especially you have to go through radiation treatments. So there's still that barrier with our adults, and I see that struggling because I have taken our grand, like, we, out of respect, I just call them grandparents. Mm -hmm. that They're not related to me, but I've taken them to their doctor's appointments. It's just sad because, you know, they're sitting there and they're, you know, having a lot of issues, mm. but they're not covered like, you know, we would hope that Medicaid did. So uh, in 2020, uh, <laughs> uh, COVID took place, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we were at the height of the pandemic. And uh, this was when, uh, by the way, we knew that um, our people would have been impacted by this uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know by how much um, yeah. then. At the height of it, uh, the, our Marshallese community became, I, I felt like we became the, um, the talk of the town. The focus. Uh, because uh, over 50% of those death cases um, were from the Marshallese community. community. So what we did is really, um, including Michelle and I, uh, help, we really let the, the policy work um, at the national level. Uh, so we actually worked with uh, Representative Womack um, and really had this, build this relationship with him. We already had a relationship with him prior to that, but I, I felt like the, what COVID brought, it brought us together. And we really um, uh, told the stories of what, what's going on on the ground. Um, and he was actually one of the biggest sponsors for the restoration of the, the Medicaid program at the national level. Mm -hmm. And I think um, he has so much power. As soon as he uh, recognizes the importance of that bill, um, it, it, it kind of just automatically happened and mm -hmm. uh, just opened the door at the national level. And now because of that, uh, the Marshallese that are living in the state are now eligible for Medicaid. Mm. So while COVID, we learned from COVID was that it did, it, it was horrible. Uh, it was a monster, it was a killer, but at the same time, it changed the way uh, we look at things and also it changed open so many other doors for, for us, particularly the, the Medicaid program. So um, Marshallese folks are now eligible uh, for the Medicaid program, yeah. Okay. That's good to know because I was having conversations with folks who were still confused as to where, oh, yes. what the status, which I'm guessing y'all and probably in your community. Oh, yeah. Still we actually, right? yeah, um, I think 15% uh, of our cases, uh, between 15 to 25% of our cases each month, and we see around 435 um, visits to 750 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. each month. Uh, so 15% of those are of uh, Medicaid needs. Uh, so um, two of our staff are certified to enroll Marshallese uh, families into Medicaid uh, and Medicare and all that stuff. So okay. that's one, uh, that was one of the biggest things that we wanted to make sure that we have in our, in our programmings is that um, the enrollment part. 
How are you feeling in general as all three of you as Marshallese um, community leaders in regards to how, um, do you all live in Springdale? Well, Fayetteville. Fayetteville. I Springdale, do. Fayetteville. I do. Do you all feel that the, that the people in the city um, welcome you? Actually, yeah, there's a huge difference. So I used to live with her back then from like 2001 to 2006. And then I moved to Georgia. Then I moved to Houston and I came back. There is a huge shift. Because when mm. I used to live here, it used to be Marshallese, just with Marshallese, Hispanics mm. with Hispanics. So we didn't really commingle like that. We did, but not unless not outside of school. Mm. But nowadays, it's like really diverse. And I see mm. a lot of people, a lot of my friends will come and be like, hey, are you doing something? I was like, yeah, come join me at this game. And they're like, okay. That's so cool. they're very like embracing of my culture. And I love that. Every now and then you'll come across uh, someone that misunderstands us. Um, I've had one person told me when I first moved here in 2018, January, um, she told me, she's like, well, I heard that you Marshallese are here for, you know, to live here and just you guys get an incentive. Um, yeah. From and, and then I had to explain to her, you know, where's this incentive? I want to see this. I've heard that. And then, of course, I had to take the time to educate her and say, listen, we don't um, get these incentives that are being spoken about. I have aunts that are suffering from cancer, thyroid cancer, mm. breast cancer, and it's coming from the nuclear legacy that we have. They're not getting compensated yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. I think um, I love Springdale. That's why I decided to buy a, a purchase a house in Springdale. Um, but it does have its strength and weaknesses, just like anything else. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so on the surface, uh, it does look like, and, and I think I would say, and I will admit that, um, Marshallese people seem to uh, receive different treatment mm -hmm. from any other um, foreigner, you know, foreigners like the Hispanics. I feel like, and, I, and I'm, because I'm <laughs> I think. It's true. It is true. It is true. I agree. Uh, yeah. And I think all of that has to do with, like, the relationship. And the, I think people don't understand the, the nuclear legacy. Mm -hmm. And once they get it, we, they seem to have more, they, they, they're very more uh, are remorseful to the Marshallese community. Whereas the Hispanic, I think uh, the issues like, you know, DACA or, or mm. things like that comes and overshadow mm -hmm. a lot of that. So yeah. is that is that the same general well, feeling? You're, you're, I mean, you're telling the truth because, I mean, I hear that not only from the Marshallese community, from, like, the black community, too. They'll say, you know, the Latinos have this, have that, but, like, our community, like, doesn't, they don't really support us like mm -hmm. people should. And, and that's true. And I think that's kind of why, I don't know if you remember, like two years ago, I told you that I wanted to do a cross event. I want to do like a event with Marshallese folks and Latinx folks where we can kind of come together and just kind of learn from one another mm -hmm. so that there can be um, a better bridge built between our communities. Because, yes, we are, there are some of us like that you can count in our hands that really interact with the Marshallese community. Mm -hmm. But you can count them with your hands. Yes, mm -hmm. that's true. You can. There's yeah. a select people, but there's still a big community of Latinx folks that don't know the history, um, have these misconceptions. I know that in my community there was like a misconception that Marshallese folks got money from the government. And you would hear this a lot in our community. You'd be like, oh, they don't, some of them don't work because they get money from the government. They came over here. And I, and I, and I had this conversation early on, I think, with, with Melissa and with Albius too. And I was able to get that information and tell them. Anytime I hear that now, I'm like, that's not true. And I hit them with the nuclear history and everything. And then they're like, oh, 
they're more sympathetic and empathetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of misconceptions and there's still a lot mm-hmm. of, of bad info out there. So I oh, think yeah. that's why it's important to have these conversations because a lot of our of our listenership is like Latinx folks from like 18 to 35 year olds. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this information is, is super important it's because mm-hmm. yeah, we need to, to make mm-hmm. sure that they know the mm-hmm. truth. But yeah. thank you for saying that though, because yeah. people need to, oh, yeah. need to people hear that. People need to learn that. And I think we need to like really uh, grasp onto the reality of what's, what's taking place in our own backyard, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like. So I do feel like we Springdale can do a better job, yes. but I will say, uh, who someone who's been, uh, I feel I call myself someone who's leading because I've been in this role for a long time and know how to navigate it very well, I think. Yep. <laughs> uh, except one day I, I hope to run. For office, <laughs> which I tell you every year, and then you say maybe, but we don't follow through, so hopefully in the, <laughs> in the next few years we do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been approached like so many times, but but it's not, it's not people that should yes. motivate you to run. Mm-hmm. It should be you. And your it should be something that comes out of your heart. Mm-hmm. To, it should be a passion. But also I have travel all over the world and uh, also understand other communities, uh, other Marshallese communities that yeah. live outside of Arkansas. For example, Hawaii. Mm. Hawaii, oh. <laughs> they face it worse. I mean, yes. they are, you know, talking about racism, mm-hmm. discrimination, mm-hmm. even on the radio, uh, the Micronesians, including Marshallese, um, are they're being... Well liked yeah, they're all. not well-liked. Yeah, they're not well-liked. They talk about them uh, in public. Like, you know, they don't get the same. So I will say that Arkansas is so much better. It's, it's doing, um, it's great, doing great. Uh But if you really look at it, you know, I, I think we could have done, we could do a lot more and way better. Yeah. Leyland 2024. <laughs> We're going to make that happen. No. <laughs> it's on the, it's on we the. Need <laughs> <her>. <laughs> it's, we need her. We need her. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because, yes, like, you need people in these leadership positions, right, like, in organizations like ACOM, but then you see our city council that's still very mm. non-diverse, mm, and yeah. it's like, man, like, can we, like, cut you in half and, like, put half of you in the city council <laughs> and half of you? I think, yeah, and I think you're right about keep educating people because in the that age, yeah. the young age, we need to keep educating them because mm-hmm. one day they will realize that their community is not well served. Mm-hmm. And one day they will open their eyes. They'll be like, whoa, I need to run. Kevin Flores, I mean, I have not met Kevin Flores, mm-hmm. but just the fact that we have our first um, color person mm-hmm. in, in office, that's, you know, to me, you know, if I can do anything to at least someone, you know, who, who understand my struggle, and uh, that would be great. And I know uh, Michael Mappa. I'm so mm. proud of Michael Mappa. He's um, the first Marshallese person to run. Yeah, for, for just the piece. Yeah, just mm-hmm. the piece. So I'm. We're gonna have him on soon too, so we can kind of learn more about what he's what he's been up to as yeah. well. Yeah, you know. So these little steps, it's, it takes steps. Yeah, but hey, there. That that's good in regards to like the city council, but we do need more women of color. Yes. In these positions. Rock on. Mm. Yes. You know, and specifically, we need folks from the Marshallese community. Yes. It's time. Like, there's there's a lot of Marshallese folks that's bringing up. I'm preaching to the choir, right? But still. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know this, but but still. It's like we, we do need that representation in these elected uh, uh, offices because they're making choices for us at the moment. And if we don't have anybody at the table, then they're not going to listen to us. You know, so we have to make sure that we put people on the table. But... 
I'm excited for y'all. Event coming up on July 30th. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bring uh, some people to hopefully bring more Latinx people to come learn awesome. about y- y'all's traditions and and everything that y'all are up to. Um, any other final information y'all want to give the folks listening in regards to the event coming up? Anything that you wanna? Just come join us and have fun. Yeah, bring um, your lawn looking, chair. Bring a lawn chair. Yes, um, we're. I'm really looking forward to sharing what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a good time to. Just educate yourself about our people because at the end of the day, we're all, you know, a community, community mm-hmm. of one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and check us out on our Facebook. Stroll the Atoll. Y'all got a Facebook. billboard too, don't you? Yes, oh, we that. got two. <laughs> you know, that. go big. I saw that. Oh, wow. I'm so excited about it. I was screaming. <laughs> Most of those videos are mine. I'm like, ah. So we pulled over by the side of the freeway and screamed, and people were uh, looking at us. Like, they're like, what's cool wrong with those girls? two? That's cool, <laughs> We're excited. That's cool. Well, I'm really happy for you all. And uh, if you are all listening, make sure you check out the events. Not this week. Maybe not next week. The week after? Uh, July 30th. So July 30th. July 30th. How many more weeks? Like two? Friday it'll be two weeks. Saturday it'll be two weeks. Oh, just kidding, Saturday. And it'll be at the Shiloh Square on Emma Avenue in Springdale. We have, um, so one of the uh, the grand finale, we're actually um, flying over two fire dancers. I'm just going to end this one there. And one of them is actually a world champion fire dancer, Hawaiian fire, Samoan fire dancer. So we're excited to have him come and perform and just exciting show. Well, thank you all, Melissa, Stephanie, and Mianelin. Thank you for making thank the time you. to be here this morning. And uh, we'll see you all at your event. Thank you, Irving. Thank you. Thank you all. And for everybody listening, thank you for listening to 100, episode 137 of the District 3 podcast. And thank you for, uh, for Rachel for producing this podcast with us today. We're really grateful for her. And we'll catch you all next week. Thank you.